It has been about 24 hours since Ohio State came out of Bloomington, Indiana with a win, despite doing nearly the opposite of everything I said they would do on the offensive side of the ball. Ohio State won this game 23-3, and my biggest takeaway from this game, I think, is that McCord is the starting quarterback moving forward, and that's not going to change. Ryan Day and the staff know that Indiana is a limited opponent. They only scored three points. They had eight first downs. They were 4 of 15 on third down and 0 of 2 on fourth down. Their quarterback, whether it was Brendan Sorsby or Taven Jackson, couldn't throw, period, amen. And when they were accurate, players like Sonny Styles, Denzel Burke, Josh Proctor, who had a nice pass deflection, Lathan Ransom, and the entire secondary, Jordan Hancock as well, were there to bat balls away, make contact, and Indiana was incapable of doing anything offensively. Ohio State's defense controlled that game, and for all the panic that's going around regarding Ohio State, their defense looked even better than I thought it was going to be. This team realistically could have college football's best defense. But it's week one, so I don't want to overreact, as I said in my Michigan reaction video, and as I'm going to say for longer than week one, as even in week two and three, week four is when we'll start to have a a much better idea of the identity of all these teams. It's also when Ohio State goes on the road and plays Notre Dame. Then you may hear me no longer say, just give some more time. It is just week one or week two, etc. But my biggest takeaway is that McCord is the starter, period, amen. Again, Indiana couldn't do anything on the offensive side of the football, and Ryan Day knew that. If I knew that watching through the TV and everyone else who watches college football and has watched college football for years would know that Tom Allen in Indiana, ever since Kalen DeBoer left, from Indiana to be the head coach at Fresno State and now at Washington, where they took Boise State's head off yesterday, Indiana has not had a functioning offense since 2020. And 2019 was the year they had their peak offensively under Tom Allen. In 2020, Kalen DeBoer's system was still there, and the defense was just great in my mind. And also Ty Fry Fogel and Michael Penix were healthy. And it was the COVID year as well. But ever since the beginning of 2021, Indiana's offense has been non-functional. Ohio State trusting their defense, knowing that their defense is better, and you saw that with just how quick they were, and the play of guys like Sonny Styles, JT Tuimolau, Josh Proctor, Caden Curry, Hiro Kanu, all those guys collecting a tackle for loss or in the case of Sonny Styles, one and a half tackles for loss, you put Devin Brown in the game for more than three passing attempts and more than one carry out of what looked like a goal line heavy formation, which resulted in a three-yard loss. Kyle McCord getting by far the majority of the passing attempts, even later in the game, just tells me that that's the guy. Kyle McCord is the guy, and that may cause some worry, but I don't think it should. According to ESPN, he's the 27th most efficient quarterback in the country, and Kyle McCord faced a defense that was tougher 
than the majority of top 10 teams faced yesterday. I think that Indiana has a better defense than West Virginia, East Carolina, and those are the those schools played Penn State and Michigan, respectively, the two teams that are going to be competing with Ohio State, at least according to our preseason views. Kaya McCord threw for 239 yards, one pick, 7.2 yards per pass attempt, and he did not have the best game whatsoever. He only had a 115.4 passer rating, but he's not as bad or awful as people are making him out to be. That's just facts. And under Ryan Day, we've seen this before with C.J. Stroud, not the same low passer rating or a, a bad interception on fourth down per se, but Stroud in 2021 looked like an above average to good quarterback who statistically was elite just because of the wide receivers and offensive tackles that were around him. Kyle McCord does not have as good of an offensive line as C.J. Stroud had in either 2021 or 2022, and that was very apparent in this Indiana game, where Indiana had five tackles for loss and also eight passes defended. They defended the pass better than I thought. Indiana's secondary definitely gained respect in my eyes, and they came out and they fought. Tom Allen is a very great motivator, totally a player's coach. This is probably the best game you're going to see from Indiana all year. And that's just a hint for anyone who's a fan of Indiana or who is curious about my thoughts in Indiana. I think it just gets worse for Tom Allen from here. But Indiana has their own segment, as always, in these reaction videos. Ohio State were saving the best for last. But while Ohio State did disappoint, come on. So many teams in Week 1 struggled. If you're going to disappoint, disappoint now against teams who you're guaranteed to beat. Don't disappoint against Notre Dame, Penn State, Wisconsin, or Michigan. Don't do it. Learn now. Adapt. Move on. Peak at the right time. Ohio State last year laid an egg against Northwestern later in the year. They looked mediocre against Maryland, and against Michigan and Georgia, they blew it at times, especially on defense. It seemed like their defense got worse as the year progressed. Now, of course, there's the possibility for that this year, but mess up now. That's why Michigan, for example, self-imposed their suspension for Jim Harbaugh for the first three games of the season, not the last three games of the season, because Michigan, in all honesty, should crush and dominate East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green, even if more than just Jim Harbaugh and Sharon Moore are suspended. Their players are that much better. And their assistant coaches, in some cases, could be better than any of those schools' coordinators. So, for Ohio State, get the ugly out of the way now. And this game honestly doesn't change much of my thoughts on Ohio State. They still have Marvin Harrison Jr., who looked like he looked like he had a bad injury early on, but he was back at the end of the game, which is extremely good news. Him and Igbuka did not have great games, but with McCord and how the passing offense was clicking and functioning, I didn't expect them to have big numbers just with how McCord was playing. Cade Stover, that's why I have him pictured up on this cover, he nearly had 100 receiving yards. Five receptions, 98 yards, averaged nearly 20 yards per reception. There was a beautiful absolutely beautiful play that got him in where he had that 49-yard reception. Julian Fleming was actually the leader of the wide receiver room yesterday with 58 receiving yards, 
six receptions, and averaged 9.7 yards per reception with a long reception of 27 yards. So Ohio State, certainly not the most impressive day. I think we can all agree on that. Defensively, they were impressive. Offensively, there were not encouraging things. There were definitely growing pains. But what I did like from Ohio State is despite some inconsistencies, especially on the offensive line, and I noticed it most, of course, at tackle on some of those outside runs, whether it was Devin Brown's, whether it was Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams having to stiff arm and dodge Indiana defenders to just get past the line of scrimmage. There were some encouraging things from the running back room, I thought. Definitely a lot of diversity of bodies and skill sets in the running back room. Ohio State is healthier there than they have been for the past season. And my player of the game for that reason is actually Mayan Williams. He only had 25 rushing yards, but he was responsible for Ohio State's two touchdowns. They're only two touchdowns. I don't know when was the last time that Ohio State only scored two touchdowns. I think it was I think it was the Michigan game last year. And I know for a fact that Indiana's defense this year is not as good as Michigan's last year, not even close. And that's just shocking to me. When I read that stat line, Ohio State only scores two touchdowns, none of them through the air. That definitely, for a fact, I know broke a streak of some kind. It was not a good day, but a win, when it's this early, a win is a win, honestly. That isn't always the case, but win 23-3. to You've won. You now have Youngstown State next week, who I still expect Ryan Day to beat by 50 or more. Western Kentucky the following week, who has no defense. And Notre Dame, I'm going to make a video about this this week, but Sam Hartman, look at his numbers against elite defenses. And you can round it up to just great or good defenses, then his numbers get exponentially better. But against elite defenses like Brent Venable's defense in 2021 or Pittsburgh's defense in 2021, where Pitt led the nation in, I think, sacks. It was either Pitt or Jim Knowles' defense at Oklahoma State. It was one of those two. They were excellent at getting pressure on the quarterback. Terrible numbers. Notre Dame has played some of the worst teams that any team in the FBS could play. Navy is a dump. Tennessee State is not good. In playing Indiana, Ohio State played a team that is probably four times better than anyone Notre Dame has played. That's how sad their current strength of record is. So for Ohio State, this game changes little, if anything, in my mind in regards to them. I think that they'll find a way to improve. They have a good enough staff. A lot of these players on offense are young, and they're in key positions, and they're in the positions that are most critical to the type of offense Ryan Day wants to run, which is why the offense looked weird, whether it was an execution or the play calls, like play-action bootleg when you have the number one wide receiver room in the country and you're trying to feed your tight end. It's weird, and I don't know exactly why Ryan Day did it necessarily, maybe because his traditional offense wasn't working or he wants to dig more into a quote-unquote Big Ten identity, which if the latter's the case, 
you got to play to your strengths. You just have to. But Ohio State's run game showed some good signs. Mayan Williams was able to find the end zone. Henderson and Chip Trainum had better games when it comes to yards per carry and also carries. Henderson had 12 carries, Trainum at 8. Trainum averaged 7.1 yards per carry with 57 rushing yards. He led Ohio State in rushing yards. Travion Henderson had 47 rushing yards and averaged 3.9 yards per carry with a long of 19. So the run game, the pass game, you name it, struggled. But Mayan Williams being able to find the end zone, very important. Very important. I mean, once Ohio State found the end zone, that was practically game over for Indiana. There's no way they were scoring more than three points. None. Their offense is trash, frankly. And it's because of poor offensive line play. It's the fact that all their best transfer portal players, Taven Jackson did not look good even when he had time in the pocket. Part of that's because of Ohio State's linebackers and defensive backs and also Indiana's poor receivers, of course, But Andre Carter, he looked really good. I think Indiana has hit much better on their defensive transfer portal additions than their offensive transfer portal additions. That's for sure. Williams, he just knows how to find the end zone. And that's why I thought he was going to be the team's starting running back at the beginning of the season, and why I thought he was going to be the team's best running back for the entire season. Now Henderson started. Henderson got more carries. The staff along with any NFL scout, is higher on Henderson. But if Williams continues to find the end zone and is just more reliable when it matters most, there's a chance. There's a chance that Williams can return, possibly, to that number one spot. But Henderson looks better this season, obviously healthier. Ohio State's running back room, as I said in the preseason, is up there with Michigan and up there with Penn State. It's a top three running back room. And I think with the inconsistencies at the offensive line, and then Trainum, Williams with two rushing touchdowns, Henderson with the longest rush of the day, there is definitely some potential there that's just being capped by poor tackle play and the offense trying to find chemistry. And I think in the long run, the rushing game and the rushing attack is going to improve. Henderson, Williams, Trainum, Pryor, Hayden, they're all going to be a part of it in one way or another. And Devin Brown, looking at how they had that designed run for him, I think McCord's the guy, but there is a chance that we see Devin Brown sometimes because his athleticism and his ability to run is much better than McCord's. McCord is a true, potentially one of a kind, like a high-profile, pro-style quarterback who is not mobile. Like He truly did not look fluid in the pocket, wasn't very mobile. His passing is underrated. I think everyone is reacting to his poor statistics too much. I think he's going to improve drastically in the coming weeks. But most quarterbacks in college football now have more more mobility than Kyle McCord does. They don't have the same arm strength. There was a pass play where Julian Fleming definitely didn't catch a ball that he should have, and there were other plays similar to that where McCord was either just off or he made the perfect play, but the offense just wasn't connecting for whatever reason. So Henderson, maybe even McCord because he stuck it out, or Cade Stover leading the team in receiving yards. There were plenty of candidates for player of the game. 
On defense, too, Sonny Styles, for example, but I thought the team just played very well. And when you get the team's only two touchdowns, even if you don't have many yards or many plays beside that, you're a big part. And you helped put your team in a position to win and put the game out of the other team's reach. And Williams did that with Indiana, as the Hoosiers are the inferior football team. Before we continue this video, please hit that subscribe button and hit the notification bell so you can get notified when I post more Ohio State and college football content. Comment your thoughts on this game below. I'm very curious to hear what you have to say and what you think. I think a lot of people are overreacting to Week 1 games, even in the case of Colorado, and you'll see my thoughts on all of these different teams when I you know, release my updated Top 25 for Week 2 and do some other videos besides just longer preview and prediction videos. I do have plans to make different kinds of videos and occasionally touch on separate topics throughout the week and throughout the season. Now that we're fully in the regular season, last week we were still sort of in the preseason. But anyway, also remember to like this video so we can get it into the algorithm and so that as many Ohio State fans as possible can watch this video and join our awesome community, which has a huge Ohio State football following, by the way. Ohio State has always been the largest fan base on this channel, which I find kind of hilarious because I'm a Michigan fan, and it's enjoyable interacting with all of you Buckeyes. This team, period, amen, was the superior football product. There was no shot that Indiana had in an upset, which made the win and the poor performance on offense to a certain degree more confusing. But we also have to give Indiana credit for putting up a fight and for having a good defense. Andre Carter was rated as one of the best players in the country in the transfer portal, and you can see why. He had four total tackles, two tackles for loss, and a pass defended, and he blew up um, Ohio, one of Ohio State's attempted third-down conversions, the one where they ran Devin Brown on a direct QB snap. And Carter just blew that up for a three-yard loss casually. Just penetrated through the O-line, got to the quarterback, did his job. And he's a phenomenal pass rusher, phenomenal defensive end. Aaron Casey led the team in total tackles with 11, had nine solo tackles and a tackle for loss. He was on my second or third team All-Big Ten preseason list. A senior, 6'2", 235 pounds. For sure, he is... A great player. I mean, Indiana has solid players all around the defense, not to mention Noah Pierre as well, who had one total tackle, a half tackle for loss, and Philip Dunham had the lone interception, which was on a fourth and two. A fourth and two, which was a play-action pass, I think, that went nowhere. Honestly went nowhere. Indiana blew up that play immediately. One of the very confusing plays that happened throughout the game. I think that Ohio State was just off. They were trying to do things that weren't necessarily playing to their strengths. But part of that, too, and I'm saying this because I'm not a head coach, and I don't want to criticize a play caller and head coach in Ryan Day when he knows a gazillion times more than I do. I don't think that's a number, but... It just is to show perspective. It's important to have perspective that we're not coaches. Ryan Day's a head coach. He's managing one of college football's best programs right now. Kyle McCord and Devin Brown are just not where they need to be. And 
McCord, I think, is going to be the guy moving forward. I think that yesterday, despite having inferior athleticism to Devin Brown, he looked like the better player, certainly had a better connection and better cohesion with the rest of the team. Ryan Day, though, did promise that this quarterback battle is not over. Maybe it is after this game, and I anticipate that against Youngstown State, we are going to see some of Devin Brown, but just how that game happened, how it progressed, and Ryan Day promising that Devin Brown would get dedicated snaps, and then he was on the sideline ever since his first drive, and McCord was in there with you know, throwing over 200 yards and having 33 pass attempts, which was more in that single game than he had the entirety of 2022 when Ohio State had several blowouts. That just communicates to me that I think Ryan Day found his player. And Indiana did shut down his player for a while, but at the end of the day, with inferior talent and an offense that can't do anything, the Hoosiers are still in the gutter. And outside of Northwestern, who looked awful today, Rutgers just pounding them and hammering them until the Mildcats finally punched it in late in the fourth quarter. Allen needs a fast turnaround. Tom Allen is not, he's not going to survive for much long. He's not going to. By the way, the Hoosiers did have on the day, they had one, 100 to 200 total yards of offense. It wasn't much. They had 153 to be exact, and eight first downs. No touchdowns whatsoever. Chris Freeman kicked the lone field goal of 52 yards. I'm sorry that that error is on the screen. Rarely happens around here, but Allen needs a fast turnaround. The defense is good. The Hoosiers did put up a fight, but they're not a good football team. And Maryland, Rutgers, everyone in the Big Ten East should beat them. Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan... And most teams in the Big Ten West should beat them as well. I'm curious to see how Allen does with his schedule, especially since they face Louisville in Week 3, I believe after playing Indiana State in Week 2. So Allen needs a turnaround fast because I think his, his team played what is likely going to be their best matchup and best performance. They had their best performance of the entire year. It looks like it'll only go downhill from here. But we don't know. It is week one. I said in the preseason, I think Allen will be fired after this season, and this game did nothing, absolutely nothing, to change my mind. I mean, both the quarterbacks looked worse than Connor Bazelak and had just as bad of an offensive line. For Ohio State, on the other hand, this game showed how valuable C.J. Stroud was. And I saw a comment that said that yesterday or this morning. I forget exactly which. And my mind went, bingo. If C.J. Stroud got like 15 or $10 million in NIL, which I know is ridiculous, that's more than Ryan Day said his entire roster needed last year. But to exaggerate to prove a point, if he got that, probably inevitably returns to Ohio State. And this game doesn't happen this way. Ohio State probably wins like 60 to nothing, and they're immediately vaunted up to number one in the AP poll because... They beat a team that was better than ECU and University of Tennessee Martin, which Georgia and Michigan, the only two opponents ranked ahead, or the only two teams ranked ahead of Ohio State, played. And because of the impressive performance, they would have rose in the rankings, probably to number one, and everyone would be talking about this team. 
they would be the rave. There would be unbelievable hype with how many teams struggled. Every Big Ten team, in my mind, performed worse than I thought they were going to in week one. Whether it was by the scoreboard, or the on-field performance, or in most cases, both. Every Big Ten team performed worse than expectations, with the exception of Nebraska. I'm going to give Matt Rule credit. That defense looked legendary, and I'm going to preview Nebraska versus Colorado for Week 2 for sure. So if you're a Nebraska fan, remember to hit the notification bell if you haven't already so you can get notified when I upload that video early this week. But with Stroud gone, he's with the Texans along with Will Anderson. I think he's going to do well there, but who knows? I'm not an NFL guy. Just let Kyle McCord grow. C.J. Stroud has had praise for him. Ryan Day has had praise for him. He's a five-star out of high school. Did he show out like Drew Aller in his first game? No, absolutely not. Did he play at the level J.J. McCarthy did, either last year or this year against ECU? No. And comparing to those two Big Ten teams is totally valid because those are the challengers to Ohio State, at least from a preseason and national perspective. But Ohio State's defense is elite and fast. Michigan and Penn State, I think, had worse performances in their ground attacks than Ohio State did, and, and they faced worse defenses. And that was with Ohio State having, in my opinion, a worse O-line than Michigan, and Ohio State definitely having a... They don't have Olu Fashanu on their offensive line or at offensive tackle. Though they certainly have the better interior offensive line than Penn State does. But the Buckeyes had bright spots yesterday. Sonny Styles was one of them. Having one and a half tackles for loss yesterday. And he's he's built like a linebacker and has the speed of a defensive back. Four total tackles. People told me in the preseason that this guy is just a freak athlete and a monster. I totally believe it. I mean, he came from the other side of the field to stop Indiana from driving in the red zone on that one play. It was absolutely impressive. Ohio State is extremely deep at defensive back, and if they stay healthy defensively, really if their whole team stays healthy and they don't have the injuries and accidents that happened last season, the depth of this team alone is intimidating. Just the potential, not the execution, not the coaching, just looking at roster potential. This team is terrifying. Defensively, right now, it would be, look, Iowa surrendered 14 to Utah State. Michigan, they were without some key defensive players, so I'm not going to talk about them much, but I think that given the fact that Michigan's offense did a much better job, Ohio State's defense was certainly tested more than Michigan's was. They performed better than Penn State. Penn State's defense couldn't stop the run to save their life, in my opinion. And that's from a West Virginia team that is going to have their own head coach fired like Indiana, in my mind. And then Wisconsin, Michigan State, every other Big Ten team practically allowed a touchdown. Or they played an opponent that is much inferior compared to Indiana. So the defense, I'm giving all the praise to Jim Knowles, to Perry Alano, to Larry Johnson, to Tim Walton, everyone on that defensive staff, I'm giving praise to. And the team's healthy. The offensive line definitely needs work. 
Ryan Day knows all of this, and with a game against Notre Dame in a few weeks, that will be Ohio State's first test. This game really wasn't a test. Indiana was never going to win, even if Mayan Williams fumbled once on one of the drives where he got a touchdown, and maybe McCord throws another pick. Like, the worst possible scenario, Ohio State would win 9-3 to in a game that would be much more concerning because you have to score a few touchdowns if you're facing off against Indiana, but the Hoosiers were never going to win. That's facts. And Youngstown State is not going to beat Ohio State. Western Kentucky is not going to beat Ohio State. And Notre Dame, I'm sitting here to tell you right now, I have a hard time seeing them beat Ohio State. They haven't played even a team remotely close in talent level and skill and size as Indiana. They just haven't. And they've had a neutral site in Ireland. They've had a home game against Tennessee State, but they haven't gone on the road either. And going on the road against Indiana isn't like going on the road against Penn State or LSU or, or Clemson or Washington or Oregon, but it's still going on the road for your first game. And with the defense that Ohio State has and the potential I know they have, my opinion on them surprisingly didn't change much, even though they were one of the more disappointing teams of week one. I still think they're a top four team. Are they number two in the nation right now, or do I think they'll be number two to end the year? Maybe that's slightly changed, but I don't want to overreact. It's week one. They didn't totally, you know, nearly lose to a team who I thought was inferior to them, like what Minnesota nearly did in Nebraska. They didn't straight up lose like Texas Tech did to Wyoming or South Carolina did to UNC. Those are all games that I didn't predict and got wrong. And they weren't like TCU who just laid an egg against Coach Prime in Colorado and surrendered nearly 50 points. That's not what happened here. So for Ohio State, Ryan Day just has to learn, adapt, and execute. And his players and staff have to do the same. And with the talent that Ohio State has and the team that I know this team not just can be, but I think still will be, the Buckeyes will be just fine, and I think they will still be contending for the Big Ten and for the college football playoff and national title in the month of November. Just a way too early prediction, perhaps, but that was a preseason prediction, so I'm not counting that as an overreaction. That's just continuing what my preseason thoughts are, and I think with week one, unless a specific team gets upset or they perform very, very poorly on both sides of the football, that's probably the safest and most correct thing to do. But that's just my opinion. Before we be en um, end this video, quick shout out to my patrons, Spencer Bringhurst, the All-American patron, and Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, and Roaming Gnome, my all-conference patrons. Check out my Patreon page where I post weekly picks and occasionally talk about specific teams. Eventually, I might have some live streams or interviews or... Also, depending on your tier, you get to ask me personal questions and give me personal video suggestions, and I'll be happy to answer those as well. So check out my Patreon community through the link in the description. Thank you guys so much for watching. Please subscribe, hit the notification bell, and like this video, and comment your thoughts on Ohio State versus Indiana down below. I'll see you guys later, and I can't wait for LSU and Florida State tonight, and for week two next week. Bye bye